Good morning. This is Steve Van Cura. Uh, this is a continuation of a series on sin, transgression, and iniquity. So this is the part two of sin, transgression, and iniquity. Uh, be sure you listen to the first part, and um, uh, we'll continue now. So I'll open with a quick prayer. Father God, open our hearts and our minds to receive and understand, Father, the living word. Father, your words are spirit and life to those that find them, Father. But it's only by the Spirit of God that that word becomes alive. It becomes a living seed planted in our hearts to change us into God's likeness. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so quick review, quick review. Sin is disobedience of God's command, but without willful intent. Uh, that's, like I said, just such as maybe you get upset and lose your temper in a family discussion. Uh, watching TV, just all of a sudden your thumb quits working and you stop and watch a scene where there's a beautiful woman, okay? Uh, getting caught up in gossip at work or something or uh, then spreading it to somebody else, okay? Uh, it's just the sin nature in a person sometimes will jump up and bite you, okay? Now, transgression, on the other hand, is willful disobedience of God's commands. Uh, this is like having a, uh, an affair. You're lying. You're uh, erasing uh, any evidence that you've been uh, committing adultery. Um, you're, um, you know, that, that's something that's willful. It's calculated, okay? All right, now, and iniquity. Now, transgression is uh, typically, it's... Uh, related to a demonic temptation of some kind, whether it's to use drugs, uh, you know, look at pornography, I mean, you name it, there's, uh, there's uh, a desire that is, in a, in a sense, uh, strengthened or increased by a demonic entity outside of you to uh, perform this. Maybe it's a... a a lying spirit. Maybe it's, like I said, uh, lust. Uh, maybe it's uh, greed. Uh, doesn't matter, okay? But it's something on the outside, and uh, you, a person falls for it, starts doing this, but the longer you do it, per what happens is that it's, in a sense, like we talked about Cain, as you continue to do it, you are opening the door for that demon entity to come inside of you, where you no longer control it, but it controls you, all right? And so it might result in drug addiction, sexual addiction, pornography addiction, I mean, uh, all kinds of things. But, uh, uh, and again, it re relates to the personality of the demonic entity, all right? Now, iniquity is a curse. It's a punishment for disobedience of God's law. The Bible teaches that blessings come through obedience of God's law and curses come through disobedience of God's laws. Now, God is the minister of the blessing, but Satan and his demons are the ministers of God's curse. They, 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 but it's not like God um, sends the devil on you. There are spiritual laws. Okay, just like there's a law of gravity, there are physical laws. Okay, if if I walk out and climb up on my roof, all right, um, and I jump off the roof and break my leg, uh, 
what would you think if I said, now, God, why did you do that to me? Why did you just break my leg? No, you broke your leg because you, you know, you jumped off the roof. And the law of gravity, well, that just produced your broken leg, all right? And, and you see, there are spiritual laws also. Uh, Paul talks about in chapter 8 of Romans, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. So there's a spiritual law, okay? Uh, when Cain, uh, you know, decided to murder his brother, uh, Cain, Abel, okay, and shed his blood, and the, the blood of Abel was crying out to, from the ground to, uh, to God, uh, you know, God had already told Cain, sin is crouching at your door. You must master it, okay? So that was apparently like a, a demon of hate, a demon of murder. But when Cain acted on it and did it, guess what? The door opened and now that demon was inside of Cain. And here's what Cain said. Cain said, my punishment is greater than I can bear. The, the Hebrew word for punishment is avon, which is the same word that's translated iniquity all over in the Bible, okay? So punishment, punishment uh, for continued willful sin is that demon that once was on the outside gets on the inside, okay? Gets on the inside. And now you don't control it, but it controls you, okay? So uh, in that sense, that when Cain uh, committed this murder, God did not say, I hereby curse you. No, God just came to Cain and says, now you are cursed, okay? And you did it, just like jumping off the roof and broke your leg. It's not God's fault, it's your fault, okay? So, but this is the way uh, God had, you know, God's laws operate, okay? A curse is always a demon. A curse is always a demon, and it's, uh, let me just say this, that the devil cannot make you do anything. The devil cannot make you do anything. When the devil came into the Garden of Eden, uh, and he came into the Garden with nothing more than words, and deceived Eve, and, and said, you know, talked about the tree, that it was pretty beautiful to look at, and that if you ate it, uh, you'd be like God, knowing good and evil, you know. And uh, now God, God had already told her, do, do not eat of the tree of knowledge, good and evil, because the day that you do, you will die. And we're talking about spiritual death at that time, okay? So uh, Cain knew what he was doing, but he did it anyway, okay? Uh, the devil did not come into the Garden of Eden with a shotgun and tell Adam and Eve, you better take, you know, eat of this tree of knowledge of good and evil. No. He simply deceived them and they made the decision to eat. Okay. Now, that's the way temptation is. Okay. That, that uh, the devil cannot make anyone uh, sin. Okay. But, like I said, if, you know, if we confess our sins immediately and we keep short accounts with God, then God will forgive the sin and he will cleanse us from that unrighteousness, okay? But if we get into transgression, which is willful disobedience, okay, then pretty soon that demon, remember, 
that, that's a demon uh, that's causing us or tempting us, put it that way. He can't cause you to do it, but he tempts you to do it. You make the decision uh, to willfully disobey. And if you keep doing it, then pretty soon that thing gets inside of you, and now it's controlling you. And guess what? That is a curse. Okay. Now, it's interesting. The Bible says that you know, if, uh, that Jesus bled, his shed blood, for the remission of our sins. And, and there's seven ways that Jesus shed his blood, all right? You know, he, he sweated great drops of blood. He had the crown of thorns that caused him to bleed. He was uh, beaten with a cat of nine tails or whatever, uh, whipped, you know, that caused him to bleed. He had a sword in his side from the Roman uh, soldier, uh, and he had the nails in his hands and his feet. And then he was bruised for our iniquity. Now, all of those seven ways of bleeding are on the outside except the blood of, the, of bruising. Bruising is on the inside. Okay, now once again, that's what iniquity is. It gets inside of you, okay? Uh, it may even change your DNA, I don't know. But either way, iniquity, if it's not repented for, gets you know, then God can't forgive it because repentance is the way uh, we get forgiveness. We have to repent, okay? Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, okay? So um, iniquity then it is something that you lose control over. Now the devil can push you and cause you to do things because you open the door and you let that thing in, so now, now it's controlling you. Now it's controlling you. All right. So, um, so the devil is the minister of the curse. All right. We are the ones that open the doors. The devil cannot make us sin, but it's our flesh. If we respond to the sin nature, then you can sin all you want to. Okay. But there are very severe consequences. All right. Now. Um, the devil, uh, interestingly, when Adam and Eve did sin, uh, the Bible said that God confronted Adam and Eve and the serpent, and he pronounced a curse over each one of them. And it, to Adam, he said, uh, from now on, he said, the sin or the ground is cursed because of you, all right, and that you're, it's only going to produce thorns and thistles when you. Uh, farm this ground, okay? And to the woman, he said that you're going to suffer great pain in childbearing, okay? And uh, to the serpent, he said, you're going to crawl on, on your belly all the days of your life. And then notice this. It says that you will eat of the dust all of your life, he said to the serpent. And he said, and the seed of this woman over here is going to crush your head. And I will place enmity between your seed and her seed. All right, let's, what, what does all this mean? What does all this mean? All right, now, the seed of the woman is already talking about Jesus, born of a virgin in the future. His seed is going to crush the head of the serpent. All right, the serpent is the one that brought sin, the seed of the woman who's going to be virgin-born Christ, all right? 
is going to crush his head and destroy his kingdom. Okay, so this this in a sense is a, a prophecy. This is a prophecy of the future redemption that Jesus brings. Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Okay, but then. Remember, God said that the serpent would crawl on his belly all the days of his life and eat of the dust of the earth. Now, what was Adam and Eve made? What was Adam and Eve made out of? The dust. The dust. Okay. So, what what does the dust represent? That the serpent has now permission to eat. Okay. It represents the sin nature, the flesh. Okay. So, God, in a sense, opened the door. The devil has access to a person's flesh, all right? So that, um, and that's the sin nature. That's the sin nature. So God actually allows the devil to come and tempt, tempt people, okay? Now, the only thing that the devil can tempt is your flesh, the sin nature, okay? And, and uh, like I said, he can't make us respond to that, but it's we make a decision to respond to his temptations. All right. Now, when we accept Christ, okay, the Bible says that a consequence of accepting the, the atoning sacrifice of Christ and that he is conceived in us, the Bible says it is God that works within you, both to will and to do of his good purpose. Okay. So then the empowerment of Christ in you will enable you to stand against the temptations of the devil. As we submit ourselves to the indwelling Christ, the Bible says sin will not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Where sin doth abound, grace doth much more abound. Okay, So uh, basically when a person is born again, the life of Christ is conceived in us. He actually lives in us. It's called Christ in you. This was the secret hidden in ages past that Paul talked about, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now let's understand that the nature and character of God is in Christ. So now when you accept the Lordship of Christ and willfully turn away from sin, okay, and and commit to serving God, then God begins to work in you and through you to overcome that sin nature. That's what John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. All right, so now uh, we are empowered uh, to resist the devil, okay? There's a scripture that says, Submit yourself therefore unto God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now, it has to happen in that order. Number one, we submit to God, okay, to his lordship, obeying his commands, spending time in prayer. You know, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, okay, that he gives us the grace to overcome the temptations of the evil one. So submit yourself, therefore, unto God. Resist the devil. That's something you got to do. You got to the Bible says it is the grace of God that teaches us to say no to sin. All right, so when temptation comes along, I, I make a decision, you know. Am I going to uh, do it or just say, no, I'm not going to do it, okay? And, and it says if we resist the devil, then he will flee from us.
Okay. So God's given us the formula to have victory. It's, it's, I mean, it's guaranteed by God. That's his promise. Okay. The Bible says all of the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. So uh, it is the grace of God that gives me the ability and power to say no to sin. And where sin doth abound, grace doth much more abound. All right. So, but it's important for me to submit to God and to also resist the devil. Now, some I've heard a joke where somebody said, you know, it's submit yourself over unto God, resist the devil. And they thought it said, assist the devil, assist the devil. Well, obviously that's, that's not true. But, uh, because, but sometimes people actually assist the devil. We are to resist the devil. And when we do so, the grace of God in us uh, will give us that ability and the devil will flee from us, okay? Now, just as when the devil tempted Jesus, uh, the, the scripture teaches that, that the, devil, the devil left him for a time. And then angels of God came and uh, encouraged and comforted Christ, okay, when he was in the wilderness, right? So, yep, you know, if you resist the devil and he flees from you, he's going to come back. He's going to come back. But each time we can have victory over this, uh, over his temptations, okay? Now, uh, the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. And I will place enmity between her seed and the serpent seed, okay? Now, when you are born again, when Christ becomes your Lord, then you are a, the seed of the woman, okay? That the, of course, Jesus was the first seed of the woman in that virgin birth in Mary, okay? But when you and I are born again, the Bible teaches that, that Christ himself is conceived in us. We are now a member of the body of Christ, the reason I'm a member of the body of Christ is because His Spirit indwells me. The Spirit of Christ is in me. This is what Paul said. He said, if anyone hath not the Spirit of Christ, they are none of His. But the presence of Christ in me empowers me with the grace and will to obey God. Okay, It is God that works within you both to will and to do of his good purpose, all right? And it is, grace teaches us to say no to sin, all right? So, but we enter into, in a sense, a battle. But Paul said in Romans that, that we will uh, crush the head of the serpent, each of us individually, you know, because of Christ in us, all right? Now, there, I just want to remind you that there's always a cause for a curse. God, um, when there are laws, uh, we know that there's penalties for disobedience of laws, and uh, there are blessings for obedience of God's laws. All right. Please read Deuteronomy chapter 28. Uh, I think it's all together. It's 54 verses. But the chapter 28 talks about the blessings that come from obedience of God's commands and the curses that come from disobedience of God's command. Okay, so uh, we choose. We choose whether to live in blessing, okay? Uh, and uh, serving God is a choice. God, just like the devil, cannot force you to do anything. 
God will not force you to serve him, okay? Uh, but on the outside, the Spirit of God is wooing us and trying to draw us to him, just like the devil, you know, is, is wooing people to try to get them to follow him. We are in a spiritual battle between good and evil, between God and Satan, you know? Uh, that's just a reality. Uh, and this is the way that God determines who is going to serve him and who is not. Uh, I think in one of the previous lessons we talked about that the creation of God, this creation out here, uh, Jesus said the things that are seen are temporary and are going to pass away, but the things that are unseen are eternal and stand forever in the heavens. Now why would God, the Bible says God inhabits eternity, but why would God make a temporary creation? All right, and with so much evil in it. I mean, this earth, you just wonder what in the world, how can there be a good and holy God and there be so much evil in the world? Well, when Adam and Eve sinned, Adam and Eve had dominion over the earth. But when they sinned, they lost that dominion. They lost it, okay? Uh, and now Satan was their God, all right? Now, God works through people whose hearts are yielded to him just like Satan works through people whose hearts are yielded to him. And in this earth, mankind produces either good or evil, depending upon which God we're serving. God, through those whose hearts are yielded to him, can accomplish wonderful things. The Bible says, The eyes of the Lord search over the whole earth, seeking someone through whom he can show himself strong, whose heart is perfect towards him. So when we commit to serving God, God will fill us with his power, with his grace, with his will, and uh, strengthen us to fight the good fight of faith, to take hold of the eternal life to which we're called. When we made our good confession of the Lordship of Christ. All right. Now, uh, in the same way, the devil works through people whose hearts are yielded to him. All right. Now, so, but once again, just like you know, jumping off the roof and trying to blame God for the broken leg. Uh, it's not God's fault. There are spiritual laws and there are physical laws. So everything in life is based on a choice. Now that is why God made a temporary creation. This is a period of time when all creatures, all creatures have to make a choice. And the choice we make, that's for angels, Remember, the angels were created perfect, all right? Uh, even the devil himself, I'm sorry, the, or Lucifer, we'll call him Lucifer, was originally perfect. In Isaiah, it says, speaking of Lucifer, it says, Thou wast perfect until iniquity was found in you. But Lucifer rebelled against God. He wanted to run his own show. Uh, he wanted to be God, basically. You know, and a third of the heavenly hosts, the angels, rebelled with Lucifer and, and became the fallen fallen angels, okay? The kingdom of darkness, all right? Now, so, but they had to make a choice. All creatures have to make a choice. The same is true on this earth. Everybody has to make a choice. Moses said this. He said, I call heaven and earth as a witness before you this day that I place before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Now choose life. 
choose life. All right. Um, you know, Joshua said, uh, choose ye this day whom ye shall serve. But as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. So what happens is, is when we make our choices, immediately when, when we choose God through a relationship with Christ, receive the blood, of, blood sacrifice of Jesus. Remember the Bible says, God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And so when we decide and it takes a decision, it takes a decision to turn to God. There's a scripture that says, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. So the choice, see, once everybody's made their choice, both in heaven and on the earth, then guess what? The current creation is going to be destroyed, you know, in fire, judged, all right? But the Bible says that God will create a new heaven and a new earth in which dwelleth righteousness. And the scripture says evil will never arise again. Because you can imagine a holy God, how could he tolerate an eternal creation in which there is this kind of evil? He won't. He absolutely will not. You know, so it's always God's plan to give time for everybody to make their choice, all right, as to who we're going to serve. But the choice we make determines our eternity. It determines our eternity. This is so important to understand. It's so important to understand. You know, our lives are so short. The book of James compares a human, a human life to like going outside on a cold day. And you breathe out, and this little mist, a little fog forms. And then it's gone that fast. James says that's what a human life is. It is, compared to eternity, it is so short. So short. And the Bible says it is given unto men once to die. And then cometh the judgment. Once to die. And then comes the judgment. Okay? So we need to make a decision right now. I mean... In this life, we may try to push it off and say, well, I'll wait till I'm old or whatever, you know, but I want to have some fun first. Well, my friend, you may never get the chance. You may never get the chance. Being neutral is also a choice. And being neutral, when you know, when you know that God sent his one and only son and you turn his, your back on him, that is not a good thing. That is not a good thing. See, Esau I hated and Jacob I loved. That's what the scripture says. Well, could God hate somebody? What's that all about? Well, Esau, he refused his birthright. He refused it. Instead, he got some soup to feed the flesh. And there are people, you see, who... Just decide, I'm going to serve the flesh. And they never make a decision for God. They willfully reject the offer of God for eternal salvation. And then God has no choice. He has no choice but to separate us from Him forever. Forever. All right. God bless you. 
pursue God with all your heart. His arms are extended out. He's ready to hear from you. Get on your knees and spend some time seeking God. All right. God bless you. And um, this is part two of sin, transgression, and iniquity. And there's more parts coming. So um, come and look at them all. God bless you. Bye.